The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchild. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lock one for Sheldon Hutchild. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. I think we're on episode 73, something like that. Something um, like that. Not quite for sure. I don't really keep count that much. Sounds good. <laughs> Anyways, good we, are, we are back with another episode. Outlaws are inviting I-80 Speedway for the final time ever, we think. Most uh, likely. So on, the pro- yeah. sure. so on the program today, we are going to have the World Outlaw point leader, Brad Sweet, is going to join us later on. But before we kick into all that, Let's check in with the guys. Uh, first off, Josh, man, how was your week, man? How's it been going? Oh, my week's been going great. It's always fun at shop having a sprint car in the shop. You know, it gets you all excited for next year seeing these cars come by. Um, otherwise, it was great seeing Anthony Macri kick the outlaws. But, I mean, I've always been a fan of his, and it's, it's just Bullshit. You have not always been a fan what? of his. You are a fan of the Wish.com version of Aaron Reitzel. No. Freddie Raymer Jr. That is true. And he's he <laughs> tore it up pretty good in, in, in one of the races. I was like, well, at least he, he didn't get uh, in a fight about he it. He tears it up pretty good every race he's in because he is the dirtiest driver in a sprint car right he now. He needs to be back in the 51 car. I hate seeing him in that eight car. It's just not the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Before we dive <laughs> into that, let's, let's check in with the, the real Macri fan, Brad Brown over here. <laughs> What's going on, race fans? A uh, good week last week. It was... Uh, you know, I don't know how, Josh, you do this. Uh, I was trying to watch uh, <laughs> flow on my phone, dirt Uh-oh. vision on my iPad, and then football on the TV. And that's I, three it, things. That, that's hard to do. Well, that's your first mistake is you had football on. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to watch football. It wasn't NFL, so it's not not powder puff football. It was college football. So. You just need all the screens right in front of you, yeah. like on a wall. That was, that was hard <laughs> to do, but I got through it. But no, I mean, having three screens, I've seen lots of people lately try to, you know, two things. It's usually like the All-Stars and the Outlaws, and they got their computer up and stuff like that. And having three TVs just makes it so much easier. I mean, the hardest part is which one do you have the sound for? You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so you both watched races this week. Um, I'm going to be honest. I have not watched a race since uh, the final couple of laps of the Short Track Nationals. Wow, it's been a while. So it has been a while. So what have you, what have you done this week, Brandon? Hockey. 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 We're in hockey. Is this your now. this is your final season, right? So maybe I don't know. We'll are they like out. are they like giving you stuff like well, rocking chairs no, and stuff because no. you're retiring? You, you or think what? we get stuff like that? No. <laughs> Anyways, you mentioned earlier with the outlaws at what Port Royal this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it sounded like the uh, posse dominated the uh, the invaders they this did. week. Yep, top four was posse the first night, and then I think one and two was posse the second night. Yep, and it was I think the same two guys were right there. I mean, Macri was there, but. I think even Brent Marks. Brent Marks was there too the first night. I mean, it just amazes me how they can go to Pennsylvania and they just, it's not that they struggle, but it's just the talent is there. I mean, I wish it was like that here. I wish we had local drivers that raced four tens that could put that show up, you know, to, to give us something to watch that's something like that. It's just cool to see that. Yeah. Brad wishes we had four tens here. If, if only we had four tens <laughs> in Billy Alley. Now that, you know, it, 
the outlaws are getting beat up pretty hard in in uh, Pennsylvania this year. But uh, last year it was the opposite. Yeah. It was the oh, Pennsylvania right. posse couldn't couldn't make a podium, so it, it goes in shifts. And right now, um, <laughs> Pennsylvania's got Macri on their side and Brent Marks, and so uh, they're they're t- and, and you can never count out Lance Deweese. So they're they're taking care of business over there for sure. Well, even Lance Deweese quoted on Friday night in Victory Lane. He said. You know, Macri can run that top top line like nobody else, but he's learning how to run the bottom, which is Lance's, you know, moneymaker. Yeah. And so by having both lines, that shows you this kid has put the work in to learn how to run that line. He's got Port figured out, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. He is so smooth, and he get, puts that right rear up against the wall and just sets sail, and, and it's a pretty thing to watch. Uh, I I wish I would have got to Port Royal last year like we had planned, but uh, um, things happen and we didn't get to go. But man, I, I, that's one track that I want to go watch a sprint car race at is Port Royal. Plus, just the background. Have you guys seen the aerial yeah, shot? The background the, is just gorgeous. Yeah. The mountains and the sunset and stuff. It's a it's it's a pretty cool place for a big half mile. They they put on a good show too. Uh, at least all the ones that I've seen. When you see it, are all all the houses in the backstretch yeah. that kind of throws yeah. you all off. Like, where is this track? And then they do the the pan away and you're like oh okay i guess there's just a couple houses there yeah that's about all the size of the town is a couple houses but <laughs> <laughs> it's your dream house ain't it brad it's kind of i'd sit up there all the time <laughs> you put a roof yeah. roof uh, deck sit on that roof and take your blackstone out there yeah, be yeah. grilling up some uh uh chicken fried rice, chicken fried rice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely we like the cubs like regularly field over at brad's house yeah. everybody's just like the bleachers <laughs> it'd be cool but i did have a question and you guys this is what what prompted brand to want us to start earlier than what we usually do as far as we always have a pre-show we kind of talk but could you could anthony macri by the end of his career have the most wins of any driver in pennsylvania negative sir we both said negative um but brad made a good point when he was saying earlier what was about, my point that, uh, that about, most most of Macri's Macri, wins will come outside of Pennsylvania? Yeah, Macri right. Macri's only twenty three, and he's not going to spend his whole life in Pennsylvania. He's going to, well, he even admitted on uh, a podcast here this last week that his, uh, ultimately they're building a program to race the All Stars in a year or two, and then with the World of Outlaws, and so uh, a lot of his wins are going to be on the road, not in Pennsylvania. So he's not going to hit that. Uh, so you Fred th- so you think that he is going to be a successful outlaw driver? Yeah. Uh, he's not going to be one of these guys that come off the porch and struggle. No. no, he's he's shown that he can travel and do well on the road. Uh, I mean, he's he's fared pretty well in Knoxville uh, for for hardly. I think this year was like maybe two trips to Knoxville. He he's he's pretty uh, he's pretty good on on about any track, and so uh, uh, yeah, he's. He's going to get a lot of wins uh, in his future if he obviously can keep the backing and the the financial support behind him. And but it sounds like Dad has a really successful concrete business, and plus he's got other sponsors. So I have no doubt that he's um, he's got. He'll have to grow up a little bit, but uh, he's he's going to be a contender once he does hit the Outlaw Tour. You think he could be the uh, the I want to say like the next coming of Donnie Shots? You see Donnie come out on the tour as a young kid, struggled, struggled a lot but now he is the most successful outlaw driver in recent history that's a hard thing to say uh, it's hard to replace donnie shots but uh um and and right now the playing field parity in the outlaws is is unbelievable i mean any any one of eight drivers can win every night and and it's shown i mean brad sweet has 
half a dozen wins. Uh, nobody has more than about six or eight wins on the World of Outlaw Tour. Uh, it's just uh, there's a lot of parity on the Outlaw Tour. So um, I think that he has as good a chance as anybody to be very, very successful. I mean, Brad Sweet's going on his um, battling for his fourth straight championship. I, I don't see why. I mean, it's still early, obviously, but I don't know why Anthony, Anthony couldn't uh, – string something like that together in the future well it's definitely he he's got to be consistent that's that's what that's what sweet makes his money on is he just doesn't tear it up every night you know he they on another podcast i heard is you know sheldon hodenchild we all want him to do well but he's got the most hard charger awards that means he's done something wrong that he's had to do that you don't hear a brad sweet having you know i don't think he has he has maybe one or two but it's that's the thing is you have to night in night out with the best of the best be able to finish in the top five top ten and and Sheldon's come a long ways in the last right. couple of years and he's still still the car does not fit the trailer on some nights so uh, uh, it's either that or, or tire it fits issues. the trailer it just fits in there and just a pile yeah and you just sell it piece by parts. piece well look at last week at Port Royal at both nights he he hurt um, crashed the car so. Yep. It's hard to hard to finish on the top if you're always battling from the back. But back to your point, Josh. I think it's you know being the most successful guy out there in PA with wins. It's going to be if I could talk hard to top Freddie Raymer with what 420 ish wins in his career. Yeah, I think he looked up as 420 and Deweese is 350 ish. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a stats are unofficial. We are not a stats keeper here, and uh, Google can only get you so far. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. Fred Raymer is the best from Pennsylvania, but I think Macri, by the end of his career, he could be one of those guys that you, you're going to remember from Pennsylvania. Like you remember Fred Raymer, you remember, you know, DeWeese. It's just one of those names that came out of Pennsylvania. Well, the kid is fearless. I mean, yeah. he, he's only 23, and he's not afraid to battle anybody. And and look what happened at Port Royal last week. He He catches on fire. He bails out of the car. They put a new motor in, and he goes out there and and runs up front in the feature. I mean, who does that? Um, <laughs> Not a lot. The, the kid has got. Uh, he's fearless. Uh, um, I know there's a lot of crap that they they have fun on Twitter, but he talks crap on twitter all the time and, and he's not afraid of that's of, what twitter's for is yeah. talking shit that's where you <laughs> throw your trash <laughs> he, he's, he's not afraid to battle battle these veterans and uh and uh i don't i haven't got to watch enough races i don't know if his reputation is a clean driver or a dirty driver or an aggressive driver but you got to believe he's a he's aggressive for sure but uh um i he's He's, he's just impressive for 23, and and it sounds like he's building his program to eventually make it on the World of Outlaw Tour. Yeah, I mean, it help, do you think it helps, though, having his dad as one of his biggest backers? I mean, kind of like Brandon said with Donnie Schatz, his dad was his main sponsor, really, in the beginning. Well, it sure in the hell doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, I, sure. I, I think that, you know... It helps getting his foot in the door. He's going to get some national sponsors here if he keeps performing the way he's doing right now. So, well, if if you believe the the rumor mill, you know uh, he got shut down earlier this year. For what? Um, his dad pulled him off, uh, parked him. His dad uh, sounds like um, Shuttlesworth was the crew chief, and um, something happened, and Dad was not happy, so Dad parked the car. Shuttlesworth started his own team, and then they had to go find a new crew chief for for Macri. And and what I was, what the rumors are is that he he wasn't uh, 
he wasn't being very appreciative of Shuttlesworth and and the crew, and he said said some things that were pretty rude and mean. And so Dad said, uh, "You little shit, <laughs> you're <laughs> gonna." But we're that's gonna, age. We're bringing I mean? this back home, and you're not gonna race. And you so fuck he, around and find he, out. He shut it down yeah. for a while. So, and that's good that Dad did that. Maybe it, it uh, got him a little bit of humility, and and uh, he will. Uh, be a little bit more professional and more appreciative of the people that are doing all that hard work on his, on his car to make him look good. Well, a lot of that I think is his age. I mean, when you start at 16 years old, I mean, you're still young you don't, you know, you'd think if it, it's not my problem, it's your problem. When, when you become good at it, it's an us problem. You know, it's, we need to fix this. Not my crew chief messed up, you know, that's why I drove bad. No, it's, it's all of us as a collective, you know what I mean? It's that, never the driver's fault. We all know that. <laughs> but I did find it interesting that his crew chief now, Ryan Smith, uh, was uh, Greg Hodnett's crew chief. And he actually stepped away from racing because he was burned out. And it, it's kind of interesting when it when it came down. He's like, yeah, and I started working for his dad, the concrete company. And I'm like, wow, nothing like having a really good crew chief just working, you know, working concrete, comes showing up to the track and, and uh, being the crew chief on a car like that and winning as strong as they have been. Yeah, they now that they got him on as a crew chief, they haven't really missed a beat. Uh, no. um, after they were trying to find the crew chief, uh, Anthony, I don't want to say struggled, but it w- wasn't super competitive. And then, uh, but he sure hit the ground running. They had a couple sub crew chiefs in there and did no. well. And uh, but once they got uh, the new guy, he. Uh, they settled in pretty well together and uh, they seemed to mesh really well. He even said in the interview that Greg Hodnett was a very technical guy. It was almost so technical. It was confusing. Macri just says, this is how I want the car to feel. And he's like, okay, I can do that. That's pretty easy to do. Yeah, definitely. So moving on a little bit, Josh, you have a, any other quick ones we could get here uh, before we get uh, on the phone with Brad? Uh, Okay, I do have a quick one. Thoughts on the Timez blow up on Cannonball? Uh, Timez is awesome. I love Timez. <laughs> he was complimentary of Buddy, which a couple of months ago he was a rich kid who didn't know how to drive. You can't have it both ways. Hey, come on. He learned how to drive in those past couple months. <laughs> I don't know, Brad. What do you think on that? I think I th- <laughs> I think uh, Timez was spot on though. Cannon does drive over his head a lot. He does drive over his head. He mentioned that he's going to be uh, driving for his dad for a long time. You saw Cannon in a KKM car start off his career. Guess where he's back at right now? Is he's he? back with his dad. Yeah, but do you, he didn't. Did he leave because of issues, or did he just leave because he wanted to go drive for his dad? And it's probably cheaper to drive for his. It's dad. It's probably cheaper to drive for your dad, but you know, at the same time, how is it cheaper? Your dad's paying the whole bill instead of. <laughs> Just we also hotels. he rents out three cars. Well, I think? if you're buying a Keith Coons car, all right, yeah. you're spending five hundred. You're spending yeah. top dollar five hundred k minimum, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, but I, no, I, I mean that does. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Timas was spot on though. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't like the whole fact that he made it sound like Buddy is his best friend. When it I don't think he's made it. I don't think he made it sound like him and Buddy are best friends. But I mean, he goes, <laughs> he goes. Look, I was. He came out and said, "Hey, I was critical of Buddy back in the past. Now you know. Hey, we're getting along." Yeah, that's true. It's the way race car drivers are. You'll have beef with somebody for, you know, five, six, seven races or whatever. And next thing you know, you're best friends with him. In my opinion, he he is crying about the same thing that he's doing himself. He's whining about these kids bashing him and, and punting him and slide jobs and everything. And then he does the same damn slide thing. Slide or die. 
I think, in my opinion, you settle it off the track behind the scenes. Oh, so we're not fighting on the front stretch. I don't. I don't. That's not the way it is. Now I said last our, our last episode. <laughs> I don't agree with fighting, but team has needed to go over and say, look, dude, let's calm down here. Otherwise we're going to have some problems and doing what he did on Twitter or actually on the, on the mic to me solves nothing. It gets us talking about it. Though. It, that's it, all it, it does. Gets, it gets fans talking about that's it. all it does. And, and to, to kind of uh, build off of uh, door bumper clear, they're tired of all the NASCAR guys saying, I'm going to pay you back and then do nothing about it. I'm the same way. Put up quit, or shut up. Quit whining about it. Go do something about it. And I said all last last episode, I am not into fighting. I don't think that there is a place for fighting. But there is nothing wrong with walking up to the kid and say, look, dude, you got to calm down here or else there are going to be some problems here. Yeah. What he did on the mic, it sells T-shirts. There's no questions about that. But I just don't think that that's the place to do it. Uh, you, you don't see any outlaws or anybody with big sponsors going uh spouting off i don't think it's because like they can't right that's what i'm saying but how can he though you know what i mean because he does he he ride hops is he's got more rides than uh i don't know i don't know what a good because when he is. called him yeah. out he called out my ex-girlfriend in high school he ride hops uh and he can't keep a ride and i don't know why i i I don't know why he can't keep a ride because he wins a lot of races. He wins a lot of races. I mean, he does rub people the wrong way, yeah. but you know, hey. One thing I do respect about him is he's a no bullshit guy. He tells you exactly mm -hmm. what he's feeling. And if you have a problem with it, that's your problem. That's not his problem. And so I do respect him for that. But doing what he was doing on the mic, uh, I that doesn't solve any problems. Uh, go, go talk to him and uh, deal with it off to the side. I love how he grabbed the microphone too. That was that was awesome. spot on. That, it's like, that, she's that like, gal. give me the microphone back. Yeah, Chrissy was like, Chrissy's like, you're not taking this <laughs> shit not, from anybody. No, you're not taking this. And you know, mic. you know damn well she had her producer in ear like, you need to get him off the microphone. Yeah. Otherwise, we're shutting it off. Yeah, <laughs> it was getting the uh, old Oscars curtain yeah. call right there. Yeah. yeah, nice. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with uh, Brad Sweet here on the. Uh, Quick Time Podcast. Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world. Featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport. And great one-on-one -on -one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers. Or get your subscription today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced and usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. Welcome back to Quick Time to Podcast. We are now joined with the current World Outlaw Point Leader, 
Brad Sweet, and also a cover athlete on a video game now. Brad, man, how's it going? Good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. How, how awesome is it to be on a cover of a video game? I mean, everybody idolizes the old World Outlaw um, 2002 game on PS2. I grew up playing it. I'm sure if you played it, I know Josh here has played it. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is like the second coming of that game. And how awesome is that? Yeah, it's really cool. You know, I, I've heard a lot of good feedback. Um, you know, so everyone's enjoying it. Uh, it's it's pretty realistic. It's hard for me because, you know, I, I do the real thing. So video games now always feel so, you know, weird. <laughs> but uh, it looks, it looks, they did a really good job. And uh, it's really cool. Like when my daughter saw it on the shelf at the store, like, you know, that, that was kind of when it probably hit me, you know, that like, wow, cool. I'm on a, a cover of something that's, you know, actually, you know, in a store and, um, yeah, yeah, it feels good. I mean, there could have been a lot of other people on the, on the cover of it. And, uh, the fact that, you know, I've been able to be the champion and, and, you know, actually uh, get on the cover was pretty cool. Yeah. You mentioned that it's a little bit different driving a regular race car and a video game race car. We saw David gravel sweet out that he's not going to quit his day job. Is it easier to yeah. drive? Is it easier to drive a real race car? Because I struggle on the video game. I think it'd be a lot easier to drive a real race car. Well, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, depends on how you train. You know, like obviously, I've trained my whole life to drive the real thing. So, you know, anytime you just put it in your hands and you can't feel it, you know, like like you know the way we feel the car, um, you know, in real life, and yeah, it certainly feels just you know very out of control, but. Um, you know, super fun. I mean, I think it's, I think they did a great job, you know, and I think guys that are good at video games will, you know, certainly seem to like the game and it seems very, you know, technical and, and competitive. So that's cool. How involved were you in the process of it being made? It seems like you guys have a lot of video clips and stuff like that with it. Yeah. I mean, we weren't as involved as you'd think. I mean, it was kind of like presented to us, uh, as, uh, you know, they're having a video game and, um, you know, uh, we'd like to you guys to be in it and um you know basically it's coming out at this date and um you know once we decided we all agreed to be in in the game and you know agreed on everything then you know then we we did all our you know little lines and and everybody you know and obviously um you know i didn't know how that was going to turn out but you know now seeing it in the game it, it all makes sense now you don't have to answer this one i i'm just kind of curious on my end um, since you guys are a platinum member of the outlaws, do you get any like royalties or anything like that from the video <laughs> game or how, how do they, you know, acquire likeness, so to speak? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, that, that type of stuff's, you know, just behind the scenes. So it's kind of private, but you know, I think that, um, you know, it's good for everybody. Obviously it's good for our sport to, to have the world of outlaw branded game out there. And it's good for my brand to, to be, you know, mainstream and my sponsor on it. So all that stuff's really positive. It's kind of like college athletics. You have your own NIL deal, right? Off to the side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm the oldest of this group here and, and I, I have never really gotten into video games and that original outlaw game was, I played on my computer with the up, down and up arrow, up arrow, down arrow, <laughs> side arrows. And I sucked at it. And so I, I got to play Josh's last week and the graphics are amazing on that thing. It's, it's so cool. But, but like you kind of said, uh, you don't feel the car. And of course, if I go into one and there's a car in front of me, I'm going to just run his ass over and I know I'm not going to get hurt. So uh, it's not uh, realistic at that point, but it, it does look really cool. And, and the way you guys can do the stuff that you do on that video game. Yeah, I think it's good for sprint car racing. Obviously we want sprint car racing to be more mainstream and, 
you know, you want people to say, you know, what's this? And, and video gaming is very mainstream. You know, every uh, kid coming up has a, has a video game. So, you know, to reach the, the younger generation, I think it's uh, really important to, to be involved in that space and uh, glad that we have the game out. All right, moving on to real racing now. Um, you guys are coming to I-80 Speedway this Friday night. Um, pretty successful track. You, you went out there in 2020. Um, this is going to be the last outlawed race um, at this racetrack as they're, they're shutting down at the end of the year. What, what, what do you have to do to pull off another win out here this weekend? Um, yeah, I mean, I love going I-80. It's super sad that, obviously, it's the last race there. That's uh, incredibly sad because it's a great place, a great racy track, and uh, just like any other night, I mean, you got to have a, you got to, you know, put yourself in a good position and, and have a good race car. It's uh, a tough group that we have with the world of outlaws. So uh, you definitely need to be on your game. And, um, you know, luckily for us, we, we've been good there a couple of times. So we kind of have some setups that, that we think will work. And, um, you know, but the track's always different. This is probably the latest we've ever raced at I-80 uh, in a year. So, you know, we're typically there in the summer when it's hot and, and definitely that changes things. So uh, excited to get there. Yeah, good, great weekend on tap. Yeah, it's definitely going to be cold and windy, <laughs> if I had to guess by that time. Yeah, I'd see that there's a high wind, so that's the only thing that's concerning. But, you know, uh, we've definitely dealt with that before. What's that like for you in, in the car, especially on a big place like I-80? Well, if it's too windy, um, you know, there's there's only a certain amount of wind that you can actually race in. Otherwise, you know, with the wings and everything, the cars get a little out of control, so... Um, you know, it's just part of it. Sometimes the winds will pick up or you get a gust of wind and when you're racing and you'll feel a little something, but it's all just reactions. And, you know, just like anything, you're just, you're always constantly reacting to what the, what the track surface is and, you know, what the elements are in front of you. And, you know, it can definitely make the car do, you know, some things that are, you know, uncomfortable or out of your control a little bit. Since, since you work, uh, uh, silver dollar, silver dollar speedway there in, in California, uh, you, you promote the races there. How much in track prep do the world of outlaws have a say in versus the actual track owner? Like Kaziski's I'm a huge fan of I-80. They, they rarely miss the track. And so do the outlaws come in and say, Hey, we don't want very much water on this track or do, do you, do they just leave it? I don't even know if you can answer that question because, uh, but uh, is, is that, is that a, um, is that something that the outlaws try to control is how much water is on the track and track prep, or is that something they just leave to the track owner? Yeah, they just leave it to the track owner. Um, you know, especially places that, you know, do a good job and have good equipment and, you know, trustworthy, you know, track operators, you know, there's been places I'm sure that we go to that, you know, may or, you know, may have not had a sprint car race or, or something. And, you know, they'll have a little more input at those places, but, you know, for the most part, it's, it's up to the track operator and then, you know, as the night progresses, um, you know, the outlaws and the track operator, you know, technically, you know, work together, um, to try and, you know, get the track right or, you know, make it better as the night goes on. Well, I had a question about that too. Uh, you being a track owner, we had this topic come up multiple times the last couple of shows of, you know, would you rather, you know, if you want a million dollars or whatever, would you own a racetrack? A lot of people are like, that's just crazy. I would never want to own a racetrack. You being a track owner, you did it willingly of being uh, that thing. Do you do you really enjoy being an owner of a racetrack, or is it is it just more of you just want to help the sport? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy you know putting on you know entertaining people and putting on you know big races. So you know, not necessarily owning a racetrack, you know, and doing like a weekly program night in and night out. Um, you know, that's that's tough and. 
you know, at Silver Dollar Speedway, we do around uh, 18 total nights a year. And, you know, Gold Cup is, is our biggest event, and it's four nights of that. So we're not up there, you know, every single weekend. Um, but when we do go up there, we try to do two-day shows or, or bigger shows. And um, it's pretty enjoyable. Gold Cup was is stressful. You know, it's a four-day event. But, um, you know, really rewarding once you pull it off. And you see the potential to, to grow something big and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it's enjoyable because this, that's what my life is, is racing. And, uh, it's what I know the most about. It's what I'm the most knowledgeable about. And, uh, you know, having raced the car, having promoted races, you know, now work the work the dirt, you know, it's, uh, I think I bring a lot to the table. So, you know, you don't want to, you know, if you, if you want a lottery and we're, you know, a millionaire would be nice to, to go sit on a boat, but I think that gets kind of boring <laughs> after a while. So you still want to do something you're passionate about. And, uh, you know, I definitely have a passion for that. I keep trying to tell Brad that all the time. He'd rather go kayak and camping. And he's like, that's crazy. to own a racetrack. <laughs> well, you, you, I'm, you guys need to keep doing the promoting and I'll keep coming to the races. And when I'm not on my boat, <laughs> so we it's got all what you're passionate about that's you know? right, that's right. <laughs> so we got four races left on the outlaw schedule you're you're currently leading points by 66 points over david gravel um is consistency the key to, the, to wrap up this championship now uh just one race at a time obviously you know 66 is no sure thing um you know so no dns and no you know but things can happen so you just basically what you do is you go and, and you just try your absolute hardest just like you have every other night and, you know, every other race I've been in for the last, you know, 10 years. So, uh, we're not going to do anything different, uh, than we have in the past. And obviously, hopefully uh, we can have good car, you know, both nights, uh, this weekend. And, and if we can, you know, just be consistent like we have all year and, and get good finishes, uh, you know, I think we'll be all right. Well, I mean, I had a question about, I, I know you're, how you started racing was non-wing. How hard is the transition going from a non-wing sprint car to the wing car? I mean, I see you see guys like Courtney and Buddy do well in it, but you have guys like KTJ and Wyndham who struggle. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, and there's there's just a lot to it all, you know. Uh, good crew chiefs, good race cars, and, um, you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, I've seen, you know, a lot of good, talented guys struggle in, in wing sprint cars, but um it's you know typically because they just don't have the car right you know and and there's a lot to that and uh you know i think a good race car driver can probably drive either you know very good but they need uh you need good crew behind you you need a good car you need a good engine the the 410 wing stuff's definitely uh very technical and and uh, it takes a lot of hard work to make a car go fast do you do you have a preference on on, on a wing or non-wing i mean as as a driver which one's more fun for you to drive <laughs> yeah definitely wing cars um <laughs> you know i i don't mind watching a non-wing car but uh, they're they're a lot more sketchy that's for sure so uh those guys are brave and um you know that was when i was in my younger days uh, i took some nasty rides doing that and you know enjoyed my days in usac and and things like that but definitely uh won't catch me in a non-wing car ever again <laughs> <laughs> how did you i was always curious how did you and casey kane get hooked up to be you know as a part of his team yeah, he just hired me back in 2008. Uh, I was, you know, racing and he he had started his team and had an opening on the USAC team and I was racing midgets and, and uh, some non-wing stuff and some wing stuff and was doing really good and, um, you know, he just luckily just hired me. I mean, the other thing too is I have a really good friend of mine. His name's Phil Durst. He's a huge supporter of you. He, I texted him this week and I said, hey, we're getting 
Brad Sweet on and he was like, he couldn't stop complimenting you. Like he was like, <laughs> he goes, this guy knows how to put a great team around him in anything he does. And so it's kind of cool for us here in, in Lincoln, Nebraska or in Nebraska to have a guy like Phil, you know, kind of help promoting you guys, helping build that sport. Yeah. Phil Durst is amazing. Uh, he does a lot for sprint car racing. He's been a huge supporter of mine, uh, Kyle Larson's, uh, Casey Kane's. So, um, yeah, nothing but great things to say about Phil. And, you know, I always look forward to when we go to I-80. That's, that's one thing that's added. That's the closest track to him. So, you know, it's always uh, fun to see Phil, you know, him. And then he'll, Ryan will have, you know, three, four, or five of his boys there. And, uh, you know, so it's always great to see uh, the Durst family. You know, Josh mentioned Durst, and you go in and talk about Kyle and, and Kyle Larson and whatnot. You and Kyle set the sprint car r- racing world on fire with the announcement of the High Limit Series. Um what was I, I know you did the interview with Justin Fiedler on, on Dirt Tracker uh, conversations, and was it just something you wanted to get out there, have these teams make more money, or, or I mean, what was the purpose of starting another series? Yeah, I mean, I think if you listen to that interview, I go into a lot, a lot of depth about, you know, uh, how it started and, and what we're all about. You know, so it's just, you know, I mean, the, there's just an opportunity there to, to create some, some midweek racing that – it'll get these teams and, and drivers, you know, an opportunity to make a little bit more money. And, um, you know, it's just, just something that I couldn't pass up, you know, even though I'm a driver on the world of outlaw tour, you know, and I love sprint car racing. It's just something I felt like was going to be good for the, for the overall health of the sport and, and, you know, good for the race teams trying to, trying to make a more sustainable, you know, good for the race car drivers and, and hopefully the fans will enjoy it. You know, I think, uh, some midweek action all across the country, you know, uh, can fit into the whole deal. I, I know we enjoyed the uh, the race you guys had at Lincoln Park, and I know Phil has thrown more money into that. How 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 rewarding is it to have a, a guy like Phil, you know, willing to throw more money at, at a person and at a series that you guys are starting up? Yeah, Phil just understands, you know, the opportunity that we have in front of us to, you know, make a make a splash, you know, and and he's just trying to help us, you know, make sure that people are, you know, understand, you know, what the goal is, and so it's you know awesome that he's so supportive and you know, it's not just helping us, it's, it's helping all the racers. And, you know, that's what Phil does is, you know, he helps a lot of different people in, in the racing industry. So yeah, just nothing but great things and, you know, nothing but appreciation for him and his family. Um, you know, not only for what they do for high limit, but what they've done for Casey Kane racing and, and everything else, uh, across the sprint car world. Oh, I, I, I was kind of always kind of curious. So I used to, I, I do a lot of installs and stuff for vinyl lettering for Phil and I'll go to a shop and I asked him one time, I go, how come I never see your, your name really big on cars? It's always small. He goes, you got to think smarter about this. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, I give them the driver suits. You know, you can't wreck that and they get out of the car and they get in that winning, you know, interview, what, what driver suit they got on. And I'm like, that's very smart to do that. <laughs> Yeah, Phil's smart. He knows what he's doing. He's always been a great business guy. And I'm sure you guys know over there in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, you probably drive by the auto auction all the time. And so, you know, that thing's been going strong for a lot of years. And if you ever stop in there, it's clean as a whistle and, and ran super well. So, you know, he's a, he's a smart guy. Just curious, is your is your team here right now? Or are you guys uh, going to come into Lincoln on uh, Friday. I'm just, just curious. No big, no reason, but uh, you might, you might need an Uber ride from Brad. He gives yeah. those to drivers every now and then. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're still in North Carolina. Huh? Um, they're going to drive a uh, drive up. So uh, I'll fly in on 
to Kansas City on Thursday night and, and drive in on uh, Friday. So, yeah, we all meet at Check Friday, and then uh, we go to Lakeside Saturday, and then, uh, you know, back to the East Coast again. How hard is that for you guys? I mean, obviously, I'm thinking you're probably going to fly to most of the races, if not all of them, you know, being being the driver. But for the, your team that has, that has to haul that rig, I mean, if you look at the outlaw schedule this past week, I, I think it's crazy. You guys were out in California, drive all the way to Pennsylvania, back to Nebraska. You're going to Pennsylvania again for a makeup race in North Carolina. It's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. My, you know, team members and crew guys do do a great job. And, uh, you know, um, it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot easier on me, a lot harder on them, but, uh, we all know kind of what we sign up for the outlaw tours, uh, you know, not an easy, you know, thing to do. And, um, obviously it gets a little harder at the end of the season with the extra travel, but, um, you know, just, just part of the deal. We're, we're pretty used to it now. Uh, I was always kind of curious, what do you do in the off season when you're not racing? Yeah. I mean, I work on, I'll work on uh silver dollar speedway stuff, high limit stuff. And then I go and I'll race in Australia, um, you know, in, in mid to late January. So yeah, there's not much of an off season. Honestly, when you're done racing, you, you pretty much just want to relax for, you know, a couple of weeks and, and kind of enjoy some downtime with your family. And, you know, I know everybody, um, you know, doesn't understand that necessarily but yeah it's it definitely uh I'll, I'll stay at home sometimes two three weeks and just just relax and uh you know just enjoy not having to travel well i had a whole bunch of questions about high limit for you but i think uh the dirt tracker and justin that interview <laughs> answered all the questions for me so uh um i, I hope uh, i just hope that uh, it all works out for everybody uh you guys, the outlaws, and all the teams and drivers, because uh, it could be, in my opinion, very beneficial to everybody if everybody works together. Yeah, it'll be what it you know it'll it'll be what it's going to be, and it'll you know take shape however it's going to take shape. I mean, everyone you know is going to be working on you know trying to make progress, and and definitely trying to you know I'm going to be working on you know trying to make the high limit series as compelling and exciting as fun as possible, and. You know, obviously we know what the outlaws is. It's a 90 race, you know, uh, grinded out schedule with a lot of big races along the way. And, uh, you know, high limits isn't that, you know, it's just a uh, 12 midweek races. So, you know, I think, I think it'll, I think it fits in the ecosystem, you know, and, and obviously, you know, if anyone has any further questions that that interviews on, you know, dirt tracker, like you mentioned, and, um, you can kind of get a little more in depth on, on what I had to say, um, you know about all of that so we don't have to rehash it out yeah yeah Justin's I, a lot more professional about it than we are <laughs> I, I really applaud you for answering those questions uh pretty thoroughly too because uh um i mean in, in, we tend to get politically correct qu uh, comments on stuff like you know, some of those questions but uh, i think you did a really good job of thoroughly answering those questions and giving out uh, as much information as you could and, and that we needed to hear. So I applaud you for at least uh, um, trying to be as transparent as possible right now. To I know there's a lot of things that have to develop and a lot of things that have to go on before the start of next year. But uh, do you have any more plans of, uh, of another race this year yet for high limits or is it uh, pretty much over until next year? Yeah, it's over till next year. Okay. I think it just, you know, I think we're, we're in a, a building stage and, you know, we're in a good position to, you know, start our, you know, building our schedule and, you know, how it's going to look and, you know, all those things. So a lot of work goes into to building the schedule and, and making sure that you're going to do, you know, as many good racetracks as you can. So, yeah, just, uh, 
just going to plan on you know making 2023 as, as good as possible you mentioned coming to good racetracks i i want to suggest that there's a there's a third mile high banked racetrack up the road from here eagle raceway that we would love to see a high limit race at <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely on the list of tracks that we'd love to go to uh obviously uh, you know need to see the, the track's interest and and look at dates but um you know eagle's definitely on a list of you know, uh, of racetracks that we think the High Limit Series would definitely fit into uh, really well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm hope I'm hopeful. All right, Brad. I want to thank you for jumping on with us. Uh, good luck this weekend at I80, and then over at Lakeside, and uh, hopefully you can knock off that championship at the end of the year with, the the year with the Outlaws. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys. And welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience. With over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages. With over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration. And we hope to see you soon. Join Stars photographer B.A. and Off-Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I, was, I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape dogs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some, some NHL or he's looking up to, but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, <laughs> Thunderstruck the podcast all season long right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really... That's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms President Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that added. <laughs> I want that added. <laughs> what are you shaking your head now for? I'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year. Well, so far, finger guns has meant Sam shut up. So. Yeah, that's that's not helping. I'm trying to process. Okay. Check out the Dump and Chase podcast every Wednesday on Western Reserve Radio, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listen, that like was frightening. All right, guys, welcome back to Quick Time the Podcast. Want to thank Brad Sweet once again for joining us on on the show. You know, talking about coverage on things, why is it that dirt racing at the local level doesn't get the 
the play as it should to help grow the sport. Like on the, not that people read the newspaper, but like in the newspaper, or even on TV, you can't find anything about Eagle or what's, you know, what happened there. Well, when did that end? A, so you, you say dirt racing should be covered, yes. but 95% of the people out there could care less about dirt racing. I can only speak for here in Lincoln that if it's not Husker stuff, the sports session does not give a shit about it. If you remember the old term three in the newspaper in the 2000s, late 90s, that was paid for by Craig Cormack. Oh, really? So, so all it was was a big ad for Eagle Raceway. And then in that ad, they threw in other race I, results. We so have cutouts at the shop. Yeah, that was all paid for by Craig Cormack. You know, actually, Brad um, was asked that question on, uh, I want to say, the the Racing Boys interview that he had. Oh, yeah. or, or else, anyway, he said that, you know, peep, people don't throw sponsorship money at TV ads and newspaper ads because they're very expensive. And most likely you're not target, targeting the, the, the people that are going to come out to your track anyway. So they fine tune their advertising by using social media because they know who they're going to hit. And I, I do agree with that. Cause um, I mean, I, when was the last time you picked up a newspaper? Rarely, uh, besides like a couple weeks ago with an issue that happened in Lincoln, I haven't looked at it at yeah. all. No, but not many people do. The, the news print ads are, are struggling, but you get on Facebook and, and I 80 pops up all the time. Um, the problem with that is, is the casual fan gets lost. I mean, us three know when the outlaws are going to be at I 80 speedway on Friday, but the casual way, what the outlaws are coming to I 80 speedway, but the, casual, when the hell this happened? Yeah. <sighs> the, <laughs> we got but the, the casual fan does not know when racing happens. Yeah. And, you, we could go out and talk to a bunch of people. They won't even know I 80s closing. Right. Right. True. And so, um, I don't know. It's it would be a really hard gig to justify buying a quarter page ad on the Journal Star, knowing that you're not going to get very many fans out of that because a nobody watches, nobody reads the newspaper anymore, nobody nobody watches the three ABC, CBS, and NBC TV stations. They they streamline stuff. So why buy a commercial on on your local TV station when nobody's going to see? Well, it? and you you talk about ads, but. Not necessarily ads. You don't see like the race results in in the newspapers yeah, anymore. Like, like in the do. box score, you'll see you'll see a thing in the paper, probably Omaha and Lincoln paper about the outlaws. You'll probably see that Friday, only because it's the professional level right. series racing. But you're not going to see that. You know, Mike Boston won a, a weekly race at Eagle Raceway yeah. or whatever. You're not going to see the weekly stuff, which I think is, it, it's a shame. Yeah, because that stuff used to be in the paper all the time. But I think as as what Brad said, no one really reads it anymore if it's not well, huskers we they don't care and you know? the newspapers aren't as thick as they used to be and so they got it they got to be selective in what they print and and you alluded to it brandon that if it's not really high school sports or nebraska then it doesn't really get much room in the paper well and i remember back in the day they used to have a racing show on like sunday mornings with wayne Dake. That was a self-funded, self-funded so uh, for that public access yeah, TV show. Public access TV. But I always thought that was kind of neat. You know, as a kid, you know, you, you got to see. You uh, can do it. You know, you can make your own TV you show, buddy. Time the podcast. This, this on is a it's a niche. H. It's a niche sport, and so the the, the mainstream media does not want to 
cover it because very few people are going to read the article. So and yeah, and now you get those the shows like Speed Secrets that you're talking about, and they're going to have them. It's just you're going to watch it on YouTube. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it and like you said, Brad, about that other podcast, uh, he talks about you know it, you can literally on Facebook, and I know this, and I know I know we probably all do is you can literally go on Facebook and you can boost ads and you can hit certain markets. It's amazing how you can pinpoint stuff. I mean, I will say it kind of stinks as a person on social media when like I get stuff about Mark Martin. Well, just because I like certain type of racing doesn't mean that I like Mark Martin. Who doesn't like Mark Martin? Yeah, come on. I would love to have his bus right now. <laughs> yeah, I like Mark. Oh, you saw that too? See, you got the, you got, it, it, it hit all three of us. <laughs> but see, there you go. You can boost your ad for like $10. Yeah, and so true. you can, you can justify a $10 purchase to boost your ad, but, uh, um, to, to spend $500 on a, on a quarter page ad that virtually nobody's going to see is it's, it's hard to get that money back. I mean, it just, it's, it's so hard and, and, uh, advertising has taken a big hit from racetracks because because it is very costly and and who do you hit i mean you want to put it on ad on a radio station what radio station do you hit yeah. i mean there's so many radio stations here in lincoln nebraska which one do you go for well, on any of the sports stations in lincoln is literally all about the huskers every hour yeah i mean it's almost every hour on the hour we're talking husker football oh my gosh i mean it's so bad that you don't even want to listen to it because it's yeah. like it's just rehashed everything every hour and it's it's not fun. I mean, as a dirt track fan, it, it's horrible because we get no coverage of anything unless we do it, unless we listen to a podcast or we, you know, something like that. Next up on 93.7 yeah. The Ticket, we're going to be joined by some other washed up Husker football player. Right. Or they're, <laughs> or they're the ones that are the host. I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is. What's your next but, topic? <laughs> uh, my next topic is with I-80 closing, would it be cool to see the 360s band together and have another traveling series? If so, what tracks? And they're done that. It's not going to happen. Uh, Rodney Drow, just get him. There's no tracks. Yeah, that's that's the problem. There's no tracks. You you go to Norfolk every week, and that's it. Uh, you go to Beatrice. They don't like sprint cars. Oh. They they hate sprint they cars. They ran them weekly back in the day. Only, back in the day, when the fairboard was cool, and now their fairboard's a bunch of old fucks. And only because <laughs> they had to. I mean, you're not going to go to McCool. You're not going to Eagle. You're not going to, well, obviously, I-80. Um, Red Cloud's done. Red no Cloud's Red done. Wow. Where are you going to go? Lexington? Um, Dor- That's a hell of a drive. Is it Dorchester? Deschler. Deschler's done. No, Deschler's still racing there. No, they're, they're not racing. They're not gonna, yeah, they're not going to race. Uh, you're going to go to Lexington go to or, Albion? Or, or, or North Platte? No, you're going to race 360. You're going to South Dakota right now. That's yeah. that's where you're going. South Dakota, maybe Park Jefferson, yeah. And then uh, Knoxville is going to be your only options. Yeah, Norfolk is just horrible. I mean, in a in a dream world, yeah, we you know, it would be awesome to have. But look what we're doing now. I mean, on a on a night that does not have a co-sanction, we're getting 15, 18 cars at I eighty Speedway. Yeah. So how and and Lincoln cars don't travel. So if you're going to go host a race in North Platte, which is three hours away, you're not going to get these cars there. So that's true. Uh, in, in a dream world, it'd be cool to see, but um, I think. Uh, 360s are all but dead in in Nebraska after uh, after this year. Uh, well, so that ends that. So topic. what are you gonna do, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what are, are you gonna, gonna do? Are you gonna convert? He's gonna be a couch potato racer, watcher like you, Josh. You be sitting with me. I, I unfortunately will not get 20 races in a year like I I hope to. But uh, yeah, I don't know what my plans will be next year because uh, 
Um, my wife only has so many vacation days and she's not going to use them by going to Knoxville all the time or going to Houston or going to Jackson. You so, can come hang out with me you know, on the rare occasions. We go to Eagle Raceway. We'll go and watch the 305 sprint cars. He's we'll, already shaking his head. We'll, now. we'll bench race while the other crap's on the racetrack. And I, I honestly have no desire to do that. You're missing out. I, I don't want to watch five classes of cars to watch a class of cars that I don't care too much about. So um, I'm not going to Eagle Raceway to watch five classes of cars in 305. But you will go there when the Highland Sprint cars make their debut absolutely, out there, Absolutely, right? absolutely. And he'll watch 305. And you know what the best too. thing if, on For the High Limit stuff is uh, one sport class, if they have any at right. all. If you listen yeah. to that interview, Brad's like, Brad said they're, they're getting in, they're racing, and they're getting out. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss I-80 in the sense of it was always cool that, you know, like – I remember back in the day and it was like they were, you were debating on which track to go to what night and they were literally on the same street that that street or highway connects. They ran on different nights. Not when the Eagle ran Friday and Saturday. I-80 ran on Sundays. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got to do more research. You do. <laughs> you do. But yeah, it just. I love Sunday night racing at I-80. Even if, even without the sprint cars, it's a Sunday night. Well, what are we going to do tonight? Fuck, let's go race. Let's go watch the lane models out there and. I just about did that last weekend. I really wanted to go out there, but um, things happened and work happened and stuff, and I, I didn't go. But, you know, I have a friend that was out there on Friday, and he said he got home at 3 o'clock in the morning. Ooh. They, had they a, raced forever. They had a crap ton of cars out there. He said, I forget what he said, like 187 cars or something like that. They parked cars everywhere they could possibly park cars. So now the real question, though, for you, Brad, is um, how many pork tender lines are you buying to freeze <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. How many is going to be in your freezer? I'm, I'm going to buy one. Actually, my wife is coming with me on on Friday, uh, Friday and uh, partially because it's the world of outlaws and partially because she wants to have that one last pork tenderloin. So if you guys are going to I-80, I, we all, th well, two all three, of us. I am going to I-80. Well, it is confirmed. Well, yeah, but you, you said you that about Eagle. Hey. You haven't had a pork tenderloin. So I, we're true. all I recommending not. the pork tenderloin. I will be getting one of those. It's I have I put uh, mustard and uh, jalapeno peppers on it, and it just it's just delicious. Josh will not. Do I the will jalapenos. not do the jalapeno part of it. I might do the other part. <laughs> but yeah, no. Are we all sitting together? I my brother and family are coming, so I don't know. I mean, we could so all sit together. Your dad's gonna be there. He likes nah, the show. He's, what? He's he's suffering. He fell in the shower oh. a couple weeks ago, so oh, that's rough. He's struggling, but uh, he gets to watch on Dirt Vision. Yeah, you know, if he had Dirt Vision, but he doesn't have Dirt. Maybe Vision. if his son would let him borrow his password. I I have given that to him. <laughs> he just does not know how to run the damn computer. See Brad so. at the racetrack. Gosh dang it, Dad! Figure this out. I want to watch the race. <laughs> he does. He does not know how to run it, so uh, he will not be watching it. But yeah. We'll be there. We could all sit in the same area, but uh, yeah, I'll be sitting by my brother, his um, stepdaughter, and uh, her other grandpa. So I'm all for it. I got the kid with me. So yeah, and I, I I am planning on going and taking Austin. Wait, wait. No, he said I am going. Now it's I'm planning on going. No, I am going to the show. <laughs> this is your first race in what six years? Six years. When was the last time you were at the racetrack? The last time I was at I-80. No, at was, a racetrack, oh, not I-80. Racetrack? I want you to know when the last time you were at a racetrack. Probably 2019, 2018. Oh, no, two or three years ago? No. Wow. The, the last time I remember really going to, besides going to Knoxville for the Nationals with my son, um, I watched Trey run the first time in the sprint car at I-80. For, six years for ago. a practice, it six wasn't even ago. a race. 
that's the tire that's sitting I, down in my basement. I really hope that the wind is out of the out of the south and blowing away from the grandstands. Because if it's one night when we uh, we were coming back from Omaha and uh, we weren't doing anything, so I said, um, "Hun, you want to go to the races?" She goes, "Yeah, let's go to the races." So we went to Eagle, and the wind was blowing out of the north. Oh, she and hated it. It was dirty and dusty. The track was so dry, and she absolutely hated it. So. Um, we honestly, if she decides, Hey, I'll come to the races with you. We look at the weather and find out which direction the wind's blowing, because if it's blowing into our faces, she will not go. And I'm really praying that, uh, the wind blows Friday, right the wind away is out of the, out of the South. So, all right. So we did have a question that we put on Facebook about, about I-80. Did you target that, that question? Did you target. use some Facebook ads and, uh, we don't have that kind of money to boost this stuff. I mean, I shared it and I think probably Brad may have shared it. Um, I did but, not share yeah, it. We don't have that. I so I said, you know, we would like to hear from the quick time listeners this week with I-80 Speedway closing here over the next week or so. What will you miss the most about the great Nebraska dirt track? Leave your feedback. Arid thing. And so first person up was Donald Couch. Crouch. Uh, Silver Dollar Nationals, Cornusker Classic. The view from turn one's decks. Steve. Steve's well prep track other track owners should take note buckets of beer wish more tracks sold them and all the friendships i've made at the track i mean i think you're going to hear that about any track closing down you know about buckets of beer yeah there was one gentleman that said that he drove him and his wife drove from mm -hmm. ohio to watch a race this year just my wife made the trip from ohio before it shut down they wanted to experience wow that shows how much i can't read because i read that as i'm glad we made the trip from omaha no, that was Ohio. I think you glanced. You I, saw, I, oh. I will say glance because I, I did not um, I did not read the answers. Yeah, J.D. Smith wrote that in. He even posted the picture the last time he yeah. was there. It's pretty cool. Um, Stu Snyder, he chimed in. Uh, nowhere to run out Run out 360s. Someone needs to reopen a McCool. But the Kaziski family, along with Jay, is it Bubak? Or, no. Or, I hate, I suck at names. Other than the last couple of years, have done one that, hell of a job over every class of car dirt racing. For sure, will be missed by many. I don't know Jay's last name, but he's a guy from uh, Malvern Bank. He does the Malvern Bank 360 sprint cars. Burdick, right? I'm not. I don't have your computer in front of me, but Pete. I know who he's, who Stu is talking about, and okay. he's the Malvern Bank guy. He's the dirt track bank guy. Also drives late model. But he throws a lot of money at the uh, at I-80 Speedway as as far as sponsorships goes. Well, and it's it goes back to what Brad hits every time we bring this topic up about four tender the, lines. Wow, about the Kaziski family and how how well run that track is. I mean, it, it shows throughout this whole post with people saying pretty much the same thing, you know, about the track and about how you know losing it, you know, it really hurts because it is one of those tracks that you know it was always always great to be at. Um, so then we had a Travis Johnson. He, of course, says the pork tenderloins. Goddamn right. Pork tenderloins. <laughs> says Silver Dollar Nationals and Lisa yelling at the drivers over the radio. Let's not forget 360 sprints. Glad I will live close to Norfolk to see those now. Or he didn't say now, but to see those. And, of course, we somehow wrote back the tenderloins and three thumbs up. We, as in Brad, wrote that was back. Me. I think in Brad wrote back. That, that was me. One. Tenderloins, baby. <laughs> And then uh, Joe Joe Schneider. I might have two. <laughs> Joe Schneider wrote, the promoter Joe Kaziski, hands down the best promoter in the nation. Change change my mind? 
I agree. This place is one of the definitely going to be missed. That means uh, <laughs> prove prove, prove them wrong. Yeah, prove, prove wrong. otherwise. No, I I I think that all the listeners that li- tune into this show know my feelings about the Kaziskis. I think they do an outstanding job at I-80 Speedway. I do, however, I don't like the fact that they run five or six six classes every night. But I will give them props that we're usually out of there by ten or ten thirty. They run the show and they rarely take an intermission. They they rush through everything and they keep cars on the racetrack. And so that's that's a good thing because uh, otherwise that could be a marathon every weekend. And uh, I wouldn't go to it if they didn't rush through this this show. Yeah, and that's all we got from there. But, I mean, overall, it just seems like a lot of people, we feel like we're losing, you know, a cornerstone of dirt racing in Nebraska. I mean, all, and all said and done. Well, unfortunately, it's it's the way it is anymore. We're losing tracks more and more every year. I mean, now I mean, we're hearing Devil's Bowl gone, uh, I-30's gone. Uh, we're losing more and more big tracks all the time, and I don't blame them because they're selling out for big bucks, and it is what it is. And and Brad Sweet alluded to it on the on one of the podcasts that he was on before us that if the tracks were making good money, this might not be an issue. But clearly, tracks are not making as much money as the fans think they are. Uh, otherwise, they'd still they'd be be around, and and we'd still have races. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That all that says to me is that you need to go out and support your racetrack because you never yep. know when that last race is going to be. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, I agree. It, in all honesty, my me with I eighty, I I like I eighty. I've grown to like it. I used to not really like it because they didn't race sprint cars there on a weekly level. That always kind of drove me nuts. Um, but all in all, I've always enjoyed you know the drivers that go out there, and it's it always it always seems like it's a great track and it is. And when I've went out there, it's, I've always had a good time and I've always, you know, it's just all in all a good facility to be at. I, I would agree with you. Uh, years ago, they, when they hosted a sprint car race out there, it wasn't good racing. Um, but they, they redid some, the corners and I don't remember what they did to it. They, but they did something to the corners and that turned out to be great racing. I mean, some of the best racing I ever saw was Billy Alley and, and uh, Brian Brown dueling it out. They would slide each other every corner and it was amazing. And now, um, and they, they, like I've said, they've rarely missed the, the show and, Last week they kind of missed the the dirt, but uh, they missed hey, the happens. track prep. But you, you, uh, can, you can't yeah. be perfect every right. night. And so I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna definitely miss this track because, unfortunately, uh, um, well, well, the Kaziskis kept 360s alive in this area for many many years because they were the only ones that really hosting ra- um, races, and so they've they've done more than their share to keep 360s alive. But uh, the hourglass ran uh, ran out, so uh, we're. These are the days of our yeah. lives. So how, how many of us here in, in the studio are we going to get dirt and put in a can? I am. I think I'm gonna, I might do that. Just Might as well. I, All right, I'm just going to steal yours because that means I got to prep and get a jar and do that crap. But. Just one more thing laying around the garage. Okay, but. then I have a question then. My, my brother tells me, and I said, I told him, I go, yeah, I want to get dirt from I-80 when I go. And he's like, I, but I've always wanted, I wish I would have got dirt from Midwest Speedway. He goes, why can't you just go get it now? And I'm like, it's not the same. It's no. not the same. He goes, well, it's the same dirt that they use for the racetrack. And I'm like, is it truly the same dirt? Well, you're you know what to, I mean? Unless you dig dirt. Pull up the, the blacktop before you can even get yeah. to the dirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> the track's set where? Where exactly where Walmart's building is? I'm guessing even a little bit. You know, I I've, I've never been, so I cannot answer that question. I think it's closer to where Sam's Club is. Because yeah. 
Because you see in all the pictures, you see yeah. the water tower as kind of yeah. the middle of the track. And so it's, to me, it's got to be maybe where the buildings are sitting. Yeah, it's it's closer to where Sam's Club was because it was a, I mean, you had, to, you had to go through the parking lot to get to the track. And so it was, it was quite a ways off the uh, 27th and Superior. So um, it would be pretty close to where Sam's Club is, if not between Sam's and Walmart, but yeah, in that area. So, you know, the way Brad could get all his races in, he just spent a week in Pennsylvania during like speed weeks and then come back for something else that's around that same time. I could convince, hit it all. If I could convince the people in, in, in my life that would be coming <laughs> with me to go back to Port Royal, I would do that next year for sure. The, the Tusky 50 would be an, an amazing That'd weekend. Be fun. All right. Before we wrap things up, guys, who's winning Friday night at IE Speedway? And how many cars are we getting? Brad can start. 34 <laughs> cars. And um, I'm going to say uh, Macedo. I think we might have 40 cars. That's what I was going to say. As far as winner, I'm going to go Jacob Allen. Ooh. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the guy like Sheldon Hoddenchild. And it's going to be 45 cars. 45 cars? 45. Wow. It's going to be are like, you high? It's going to be a bash. Maybe. Seriously, are you high right hey, now? Why, why not? You said 40. Yeah. It's five more cars. 40 is <laughs> a lot of cars in this area to go. Yeah. How many do we have last year? Uh, I don't know, but not 40. Not 40. <laughs> It'll be definitely not 45. If, uh, okay. I thought we were only counting the support class with it. No, figure out, bud. I wonder if uh, Kerry Madsen will. Be back from California. I know Eric's yeah, Jenison's going to be there. Um, Brian be, Brown's probably Brian know. will be there. He, is he, Renf- he's, is he's, Renfro's he's, uh, car coming? Uh, well, as far as we know, yeah. Um, Renfro. Yeah, Troy said um, they'd be there. Um, you'll McCarl's, probably see Reitzel, Matt Jewell, McCarl's uh, should be there. I would think um, Jack Dover's Aust- going to be there. Austin's in uh, California racing, Ooh. so okay. you might see Terry out. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Terry just signed on on a deal to run the uh, World Final, so maybe he might. Depends if he shake has her a, down. And yeah, if he wants to mess with the motor or not. Yeah, Carson will probably show up. Who in the uh, local um, scene will you Martin, think will be there? The Martin. Um, Tyler Drukey. Drukey, yeah. Checked over. I wonder yep. if Tim's will go to da- Devil's Bowl for the 360. I would think Tim's would come up here for the 410s. Plus, he's been here and he's had a lot of luck at the I-80 Speedway. So, Tim's, yeah. um, Jewel, um, I guess Henderson won't because he doesn't have a, a ride. Are we going to see Stu Snyder? No. Has he said anything about doing it? He doesn't have four ten. He's look. He I know he's looking. He for posted, one. but I don't think he found anything. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, Don Drow Jr. will be out there. I, I'm thinking that. Uh, I'm thinking. I said 33, 33 to thirty five cars. Yeah. All right, maybe I'm a little high with forty five. It'll, it'll be worth. Told you you're high. If it's forty five, it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to celebrate. It'll be worth the uh, the price of admission and a uh, pork, pork tenderloin. tenderloin. <laughs> Definitely. So with that being said, we will see everybody at I-80 Speedway Friday night for the World of Outlaws. See ya.